Good morning from Des Moines. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, February 4th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. Iowa Democrats spent a year evaluating the record large field of presidential candidates, all in search of someone they believed could defeat President Trump in November. But on the night they were asked to deliver a definitive result, the entire precinct caucus system broke down and Iowa's place in the nominating process became the story. Hours passed as the Iowa Democratic Party struggled to reconcile conflicting numbers from nearly 1,700 precincts. Partial numbers from selected caucus sites that were being covered by television networks painted a confusing and sometimes conflicting portrait of what was happening. In the absence of results in real time, it was anybody's guess who was winning. By the time the results are reported, perhaps this afternoon, they could be subject to challenge or questions from one or another of the campaigns. And the scene will have shifted to New Hampshire, whose primary will be held a week from today. The one conclusion from the numbers that were being collected by the media suggested that the eventual winner would receive a lower percentage of the vote than any previous winner since 1972, when the modern caucuses were born. But that could end up being the secondary story. Last night, it was all about Iowa and not the candidates. Iowans have prided themselves on their first-in-the-nation caucuses. Voters in this state have taken their role seriously, and over the years, a culture has developed here of citizens who turn out to see and evaluate the candidates firsthand, to kick the tires. Democrats often have ended up settling on a candidate who would go on to win the party's nomination. But whatever the culture that exists in evaluating candidates, Iowa has also come under strong and recurring criticism for exercising outsized influence on the nominating process. This predominantly white state, where agriculture is the dominant industry, is far from representative of our nation. The absence of a larger minority population, especially for a Democratic Party that's become increasingly diverse in its makeup, rubs raw many non-Iowa Democrats. Beyond that, the caucus system itself is a target of criticism. Unlike primaries, in which voters can cast their ballots in secret at any time of the day when the polls are open, the caucus process is far more demanding. Participants must arrive by a fixed time in the evening and then be prepared to stick around for several hours as the process of alignment and realignment plays out. The caucuses disenfranchise some voters who, because of working hours or other issues, aren't able to be at their precinct sites at the appointed hour. This year, special provisions were made to make it easier for those people to attend satellite caucuses at different hours. Still, the caucuses are cumbersome and, to critics, unfair as a result. Defenders of the caucuses and of Iowa have long said that this is one of the few places where candidates need to meet voters face-to-face, where they must answer questions and listen and perhaps learn a little bit about real life. But even in Iowa, there are questions about the prominence this state plays, given its demographics and small size. And now there's a bigger problem, and there is little doubt that it will bring more pressure than ever on Iowa's leaders to justify their presence on the calendar and the system they have built. Joe Biden's campaign sent a letter to the Iowa Democratic Party last night demanding answers and putting the party on notice about the eventual results. People in two other campaigns said state party leaders hung up on a conference call with representatives from all the campaigns when the leaders were pressed about when results will be released. Then they had another conference call around 2 a.m. this morning for the people that they had hung up on. The party officials told the campaigns they planned to release caucus results this afternoon. Two people on that call say that it turned testy. Bernie Sanders' senior advisor, Jeff Weaver, got into a tense exchange with Iowa Democratic Party Chairman Troy Price. 
Mandy McClure, a spokeswoman for the Democratic Party, says they found inconsistencies in the reporting of results. In addition to the tech systems being used to tabulate, they're using photos of a paper to validate that all the results match and ensure that they have confidence before they put any numbers out. If Monday's problems were an isolated example, that would be one thing. But my colleague Dan Balls, who's been covering the Iowa caucuses for The Post since 1976, knows that this is the third time in as many caucus nights when Iowa has struggled to get it right. Eight years ago, Mitt Romney was declared the narrow victor over Rick Santorum on the night of the Republican caucuses, but the absence of full results on caucus night left the outcome unresolved. Then weeks later, Santorum was declared the real winner, but it was too late to give his campaign the boost he needed. Four years ago, Hillary Clinton and Sanders battled throughout a long night of counting. Clinton's campaign claimed victory without knowing for certain that she had won. In the end, her margin was less than half a percentage point, and the Sanders campaign, even now, does not believe that he actually lost. In the absence of results yesterday, cable television provided reports from individual caucus sites. What the television audience saw was not particularly reassuring, especially to those who have been skeptical of or simply don't understand how caucuses work. Iowans gather in their precincts, they break into groups to show support for an individual candidate, and then they're counted. When that count is completed, candidates who don't meet a threshold of 15% support are declared not viable. Supporters of non-viable candidates are then free to move to support another candidate. It sounds complicated, and it looked even more complicated on television. The absence of results created an odd ending to the evening, a series of speeches by the candidates all claiming in one way or another success or victory, especially Pete Buttigieg and Sanders. Every single candidate promised to take the fight on to New Hampshire. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts. 